0: Hi, I'm Elena Becker, and this is PS, the Puget Sound podcast, where we talk with members of our community about their Puget Sound experiences. Today we're recording from Moonyard Studio here in Tacoma, Washington, and our guest is Gabby Berg, a senior from Salt Lake City. Gabby, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to have you. Um... One of the things that I love doing about this is I like getting to hear about all of the different ways that people's lives are unfolding from the similar place. But I get a particular kick out of it when somebody's experience at Puget Sound overlaps a little bit with my experience at Puget Sound. Um, And like yourself, I was a sociology and anthropology major and a varsity athlete as a student here. I played four years of lacrosse. So I am very excited to hear about how those things are unfolding for you.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Um, Well, then you kind of know the ropes of that
0: i know a little bit (laughs) but i am always excited to hear because of course everybody's experience is different and i think that's been one of the actually um really impactful things for me of doing this is getting to see how all of these people that on paper have maybe had similar experiences or come from similar places are actually having very different lived experiences of their time here so to kick things off you're a senior yes i'm gonna ask you to think back to four years ago how did you get here to begin with what was um, that
1: process like? Well, it was very unique, I think, for me, because I was not actually planning on coming here. Um, this was a very last minute decision. Yeah. Um I was actually going to a school in California okay. to play soccer. Mm-hmm. And so you knew that soccer was gonna be a part of your college yes, experience. Yeah. Yeah. From the get go, it was that was kind of like a guiding not the guiding mm-hmm. um reason, but it heavily influenced where I was gonna go. Uh, sure. Um and so, yeah, I was looking to go to school in California and then um, stuff kind of like fell through with the coaches and the program didn't really seem like the best fit for me. And I was actually recruited from the previous head coach of Puget Sound mm-hmm. my sophomore year. And um, so last ditch effort reached out to him mm-hmm. and was like, hey, you talked to me a couple years ago. Like, I don't know if you're still interested, if I could come play. Um. Little did I know that he had retired and there was no coach here at all. And so that kind of got a little stressful. <laughs> um, and uh, Amy Hackett actually reached out to me. The athletic director. Yes. Yeah. And um, kind of explained the situation Said there wasn't a head coach, but she would help out as much as possible. Yeah. While there was nobody there. Right. And um So, yeah, she actually got me the info once they named a head coach. And I talked to them. I actually hadn't even applied Mm -hmm. here. Um, It was after the deadline. So, like, everything was stacked against me to come here (laughs) pretty much. Um, And I don't know if it was luck or fate or whatever it was, but I actually got in after the deadline. There was an open spot on the team. And so very stressful couple of months. Mm -hmm. But actually, yeah, it ended up working out. And once that— got resolved what were your feelings about coming
0: did you feel like this is great I'm on a soccer team I'm excited to be here did you feel like you were still kind of taking a leap of faith on this kind of unconventional process yeah
1: um I was very nervous actually yeah when I got here um but after meeting the girls and the coaches and everything like that that something just felt different and it mm-hmm. felt right um and I kind of like had this breath of like okay this it worked out And if it hadn't, it wouldn't have been the right decision. So um, I think just because it ended up, everything kind of fell into the place. I Mm -hmm. just kind of knew that this was the right decision in the right place.
0: And because soccer is a fall sport, of course, especially in any year, but
1: as a first year, you really hit the ground running. Yes. Yeah. We show up and um, you're like thrown right into it. Yeah. Um, Which is also good because you kind of have that built in friend group Mm -hmm. and teammates like that. And so... You kind of don't have time to, like, really think about anything else. You're just, like, going right from the beginning. Right. And do you remember in your first year what that season was
0: like? Well, actually, first let me say, what position do you play? I play forward. You're forward. Yeah. Okay. And so coming in, what is that experience like your first year?
1: Um, It's very overwhelming, especially we had a very dominant um, senior class, Mm -hmm. very outspoken, very, like, this is how things go when you do it, Um, which sounds intimidating, and it was, but... um, (laughs) It also was just like, okay, so we know what we're doing. Right. Um, yeah, I would think—I think I was overwhelmed, but also just, like, ready for what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, definitely excited. Didn't know, like, how—especially because we had a new coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't really know how what to expect, but was just ready to play and contribute anything I could and any opportunity I got. And what was the season like that year? Um, It was— we played well. Um, we actually, we didn't end up winning conference, which was pretty tough because they had won for 14 years straight before right. that. I will say, realizing that that still really sucks, to yes. be in a position to say,
0: and eh, we didn't end up winning conference, yes. <laughs> says a lot about the history and quality of a
1: program overall. Yeah. yeah they had that reputation for so long, mm-hmm. and so it did kind of weigh heavy on us um, right. not being able to achieve that. Um, but I think it gave us just goals for the future right. and for the rest of the three years here. But yeah.
0: And well, and so you've actually anticipated my next question going from that year where you were very much challenging for a conference, but it doesn't happen. Yeah. What is it like then coming back where you maybe have your feet under you a little bit more as an athlete, as a student, to come into your second year with the program? What does that feel like?
1: Um, it just kind of that first year gave us a taste of like, OK, this is how collegiate sports go right and um it just guided us for the rest of the season i think um because yeah we did get to see this kind of sucks when you Mm -hmm. have this reputation and things to uphold and you don't achieve that um and so i think yeah just knowing that we've seen both sides of it um it really helps to uh push you during season and just in the little things during practice you have that in the back of your mind that like we don't want to be there again right of thing. so and
0: one of the things that I think is important that you're gesturing to is that playing sports in college is competitive and is a step up from high school. Very one nice of the so. things that I run into sometimes, I think particularly with really competitive athletes, is that there is sometimes a sense that that will not be the case with Division three, Right. That like, yeah. oh, if you were going to play D1, then that would be a really big thing. But mm-hmm. D3 is is almost easier. I think there's a misconception about that that was not my experience at all. Yeah. My experience was that I was absolutely playing a serious competitive sport at a higher level
1: than I had been in high school. Same thing for you? Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's like, yeah. a, it's another job. Almost right. like um, our coach right now says, like, you're getting your degree in school and in soccer or whatever right. sport you're playing. It's, it asks a lot. And just because mm-hmm. it's D3, uh, people think it might be easier, but when you have a competitive team and a competitive program, it's just as hard, it's just as difficult. And even more so, because I feel like school is emphasized a little bit more in d three. Absolutely. Um, Which so is th- really
0: one of the opportunities of it, yes, too, definitely. that you you are able to play and still be a really competitive high level athlete mm-hmm. without having to sacrifice the academic component of going to school. Yeah, so you get that both sides of it, and yes. they both
1: are very intense. right. Yeah.
0: well, and to that point, so to look at the other side briefly before we return to soccer, um, do you come in with any sense of what you were
1: going to study? I had no idea, yeah. Um, and yeah, it was stressful because I had things like I thought I'd be interested in, um, but yeah, I had no, any any clue of what I was wanting to do, but was just trying to take classes that sounded interesting and sounded mm-hmm. fun, and that's pretty much, yeah, what I did coming in freshman year.
0: Do you remember what any of those classes were that you ended up in?
1: Um, freshman year, I ended up in like a politics and government class, and I remember being like, this is interesting. Right. <laughs> um, and it ended up being fine. I knew I didn't want to do it after, but which um, is also great
0: learning, right? Yeah, if you, totally. I mean, if you had taken it and been like, "Oh, this is the love of my life," great. But also to go through something and be able to think like, "Okay, here's the component of this I didn't like, mm-hmm. and I can use that to sort of like turn in a different direction and yeah, go somewhere and guide a little me more." Yeah, something else. Definitely, yeah, absolutely. Did you know that you were a social sciencey person?
1: I. Assume so because I'm not very math science <laughs> oriented. So yeah. I knew something, psych, sociology, something mm-hmm. like that would have been up my alley. How did you find your way to sociology? Um, I actually was in my uh seminar class was with Andrew Gardner. Mm-hmm. Um and just the topics we were talking about um just kind of stuck out to me, just learning about people. And um I don't know. Yeah. It just seemed in the classes and electives that follow are just super cool and it feels current, mm-hmm. which I like. And it's learning about things that are happening right now, which I feel like makes what I'm learning more purposeful.
0: Will you me. say a little more about that or maybe give an example when you say that it's current?
1: Um, yeah. So I took a, uh, a class last fall that was um, gender and sexuality in Japan, which mm-hmm. was like Okay, this is like a random kind of thing. Yeah, it's to take. a little niche maybe. Yeah. And um it's just it was a a focus that I hadn't even like thought about before, right. but was also could be applied to me right now. And um just learning about another culture for one that I've never taken mm-hmm. or even thought about really and then um the, like, GQS side of it as well. Gender was, and queer studies. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's something I also hadn't taken or even thought about. Um, and it just felt current and what we were learning about um, seemed to be prevalent. Um, and I could apply it to everyday things that I was doing.
0: One of the things that I love about you using that example is that—so I was also a sociology and anthropology major in college, I mentioned— um, And when I told people that that's what I was studying, I think they oftentimes struggled to get a sense of, like, what the content I was learning would be, right? And I got a lot of questions that were like, oh, so you know about cultures? Yeah. I think people assumed that if that was my degree, they could be like, okay, what's up with the, like, Maasai in Kenya, right? And I would be able to rattle it off. Um, But what was... What felt true to me about my degree was that even though I really valued the content I was getting in the classes I chose to take and learning about those subject areas that I maybe otherwise wouldn't intersect with, what was actually more valuable to me was understanding some of the structures around that content. Yeah. So as you've said, right? Like, how do I approach and interact with a really current complicated issue? Or how do I take a bunch of sources or information, some high quality, some low quality, and put them together to say something important? Yeah. right. And those were, for me, the kinds of things that came out of those sorts of classes. In addition to, oh, I have some interesting knowledge about a kind of obscure subject, that that knowledge created actual skill for me.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, 100% agree with
0: my experience. (laughs) Yeah. Have you... um, Felt that that's been true across classes, both inside that department and in your core classes or in electives you're taking.
1: Yeah, um, definitely. In the last, like, junior and senior year classes that I've been taking, Mm -hmm. I felt a lot more um, let me apply different things that I'm learning, small little things, to the greater community that I'm in. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in an AFAM class, a GQS class, like— African-American studies. Yes. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Um, But— It just, it makes me value um, my education a lot more when Mm -hmm. I can see what's happening around in the world and be like, oh, this is something I'm learning right now. It's not necessarily things that have happened forever ago and you're just Mm kind of like reading a textbook, but you can apply to current situations that are going on.
0: Can you think of a moment where you really felt that, where you like read something in the newspaper or saw something happen and thought like, oh my God, this is just like.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. With the African-American studies class where we learn, obviously, about race and racism. And I feel like those issues are pretty prevalent in the news Mm -hmm. consistently, which is sad. Um, But uh, we talked about um, there was a thing that came up with, like, LeBron James being more than an athlete when he got told. um, I think it was, like— shut up and just play basketball like stick to shut up and dribble shut up and dribble yeah Yeah. um and i remember we brought that up in class because it was kind of along the topics we had been talking about and it was just like it hits you and it's these are things you're learning but it's actually happening currently and um i mean it kind of it's disheartening in a way because you wish these things weren't happening right now but um definitely was eye-opening that yeah
0: I still remember I had a moment like that also where I like I remember where I was standing. And I was like, oh, my God, this thing that I'm seeing happen is exactly the thing that I talked about six months ago. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was a global development class. Um, and then I went abroad. Actually, I studied abroad and felt like, oh, boy, I'm,
1: I'm seeing exactly yeah. what we talked about. Yeah, no, it's and I think that's an attest to our education and the opportunities that we're given here at Puget mm-hmm. Sound is like the things we're learning. Again, it just it feels current and it feels valued. Yeah. Hi,
0: I'm Tori Hansen, Assistant Director of Admission at Puget Sound, working with students in the Mid-Atlantic and in the San Francisco Bay Area, as well as all of our transfer students. If you like what you hear on this podcast, you can learn even more about Puget Sound by coming to campus. Schedule your visit at pugetsound.edu visit. We'd love to host you. One of the things that I notice with athletics is that oftentimes that kind of involvement is not structured in the way where I think people sometimes feel like they need to be able to say, Oh, well like I'm in this club and I'm in this club. Mm-hmm. But that athletics in a lot of ways is um sort of a, a pipeline into the broader community. There's a lot of community service that happens through the athletic department. I think we see that a lot of athletes like get off campus and have places that they like to go in Tacoma and engage with the community that way, have places they like to run or eat or work on papers?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, yeah, the community service side of it, um, we try to pick something up as a team, Mm -hmm. um, which I really enjoy. And then just as athletic community in general, um, we're always doing things, which I like because it involves all the different sports. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, and I think also that... um, Sports has also been is given me other friendships with other hmm. people across sports. I feel like it sometimes also gets kind of like separated, or people think it might. Um, but people think like, oh, you just talked to people on the soccer team. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's actually opens up so much more opportunities and more people to meet which is also really cool
0: absolutely and it's October which means it's almost time for trick or can yes I was gonna say yeah. that yeah trigger can will you tell people who are listening what that is what um, are we talking about
1: yeah and so trigger can um I think we wake up at like five or six in the morning it's very early very early yeah um there's always donuts if you can get there before <laughs> football um because it feels like they're always gone. Um, <laughs> And, yeah, you get together with your sport, and um, all the sports are there. And we pass out flyers onto the doorsteps of people in the local community um, trying to gather uh, food and cans and stuff. Um, it, yeah, it's very early. Uh, and it's always—I have a teammate um, that this is, like, her favorite thing mm-hmm. of the year. Um, and I know some people hate it because it's early, but it's always—I It I don't know— It's going to be one of the things I miss Mm -hmm. a lot. It's just fun because it's it's every sport that's there, and we're all— doing something that's supporting the local community
0: and it's a two-part event you are up early one day to go put flyers in people's mailboxes that say we're going to be back on this later Mm date to gather canned goods, and then like we would spend a couple hours on the most of a day on the next day like walking around the neighborhood with backpacks knocking on people's doors and saying oh did you set anything aside or do you want to make a donation that eventually goes to the fish food bank yes yeah and that um One of the things that I love about that, you're sort of getting to it, is it's this great community with other sports. It's a great, pretty easy thing to do in the community. And for the most part, people are actually pretty happy. Like, I hated cold knocking on people's doors. But people are pretty happy to open their door and say, yeah, I do have some stuff that I would love to go to a food bank. It's a nice thing for us, right? It's a nice, easy way if, if you're an athlete to get out and meet some people and... Every so often there would be somebody, this maybe happens for you more with soccer, but who would be like, oh, my daughter plays lacrosse. Let me go get her. Yeah. Right? And would go upstairs and come back down with like a 10-year-old yep. who was excited to talk about, about yes. college lacrosse. So that just the whole experience of that, even though I didn't like knocking on people's mm-hmm. doors, I loved the event.
1: Yeah, every no, year. absolutely. Yeah. And it raises a ton of food when you get back to the a field lot, house and yeah. look at it. It really is. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, it's a really cool thing to see. And um, I'm, I'm happy that we do it.
0: And there's other events like that throughout the year that no, almost nobody
1: knows about this, but the athletic department hosts the special Olympics field day every spring. Yes, yeah, that is one of the coolest things I think we do as an athletic department. It's awesome. Yeah. And I'm always struck by,
0: I think in a lot of ways, this is very much actually an athlete mentality, but that there's almost no advertising around it. Right. Like it's yeah. it's an event that happens in the community. We open up our facilities, our athletes coach and facilitate the day. But in terms of like it's we're not it's not, hey, other people on campus come witness this great thing that the athletic department yeah. does. Mm-hmm. It's the right thing to do. And so we do it.
1: Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah that is also one of the coolest things I think I've ever been a part of here mm-hmm. in my four years. It yeah. just really makes you reflect and be grateful and just the pure joy that comes out of it is awesome. It's a great day. Mm-hmm. And
0: it's always in the spring so the weather's nice. Yes, it's warm You're outside. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Circling back a little bit to soccer for you. What does this year look like? You're a senior. You have had some really good success in your time here yeah. that I want to hear about also. But what's it like to go from that freshman year to now being in that leadership position?
1: Um it's been a whirlwind. Um just it's It's crazy to reflect at where I was four mm-hmm. years ago, um especially with that dominant senior class when I came in. Right. Um, and now being the seniors, and we're a small class, We're only three of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but that transition and that leadership role has been an amazing experience to take on, especially yeah. because I am so passionate about the team and soccer. Um, I just feel grateful to be able to lead and contribute to the team.
0: Absolutely. And what are some of your, how do you approach that position? What is that leadership like for you?
1: Um, So I would not say I'm the most vocal mm-hmm. leader um, or over the top, like yelling, barking at people, but um, I like to lead by example. And I think that's just kind of how I always have been. Mm-hmm. And I'm never going to ask anything from my teammates that I'm not going to do myself. Right. Um. And so I think just having that in the back of my mind is kind of just I'll lead, I'll show you how hard I work, and I hope you're going to do the same kind of thing is how I've approached it. That, to me, is another
0: huge part of athlete culture, kind of period, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not here to be flashy about this. I'm here to go to work and to show up. And because I do that, the person next to me does it. Definitely. And because the person next to me does it, the person next to her does it. Mm -hmm. And that's how you build a team culture,
1: but also how you're successful. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's one of the biggest foundations of our team is, Mm -hmm. like, We will go out here, we'll work hard, and we're going to do it for each other because we love each other and we want to be successful. We all have that same goal in mind. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like this year? What's the goal this year? Um, Definitely, it's always in the back of our mind to win um, conference. Mm -hmm. Um, It's good to win. Yes, it's definitely good (laughs) to win. We're very competitive. Um, And then just to get farther and get to the national championship, that's Mm -hmm. always Again, right there.
0: And what is working towards that like? Obviously, you have that goal for the season. You also have to break that down Mm -hmm. into everyday goals. Yeah. What do you think about yourself when
1: you go out to practice every day? Um, Definitely being um, my last season, Mm -hmm. I try and make the most out of every practice, every game Mm -hmm. that I can because it is like the last time we go to George Fox. It's the last time I'm doing these things. And so um, when I'm out there at practice, it's just – doing the little things because those add up. And if you can get good at the little things, that's going to last a lot longer than your normal season and you'll make it to postseason. And so um, just reiterating that to my teammates, just to not get comfortable, um, to always be trying to get better, working hard, doing what you can, playing your best. And I think that in the long run will pay off for us.
0: Gabby, will you walk me through... In the spirit of balancing athletics and academics, what is just a day in the life look like for you in season? What's it like to be a varsity
1: athlete in season? Um, Well, for me, who has a very old lady body, it feels (laughs) like um, I am up and in the training room by 10 a.m. every morning. And Um, this has actually come up with athletes on the podcast before. But for listeners, the training room is not the weight room. So the
0: athletic training room is where you go for medical care, to get taped up, to ice bath, to get seen for pulled muscles, et cetera. Get held together
1: pretty much for help. Um, Yeah. So I'm there 10 a.m. every morning um, just to keep my body functioning, Mm -hmm. Um, get in there, get ice, see our trainers, um, and then... This year is actually a lot better for me. I don't have a lot of classes. And Mm -hmm. so, um, not too busy on that front, but always trying to get ahead in schoolwork, especially if we're away to Portland um, over the weekend. Right. Um, Getting ahead is also very helpful. Um, And then, when we have a practice at like, let's say four, I'm in there like an hour and a half early again into that training room Mm -hmm. to get taped and worked on. to be able to perform my best at practice. Mm -hmm. And then we have usually like an hour and a half or so of practice. And then um, getting treatment again after. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of us do that. But again, if you have terrible knees like I do, (laughs) you have to like get ice and keep your body together so you can function the next day. But yeah, and then it's Getting all that done so then you can get back, you can eat, you can refuel, and then homework usually is kind of the next step to that.
0: And that's one of the things that I think people sometimes overlook with athletics, especially people who have never played sports, Mm -hmm. is there's this sense of, oh, well, you have an hour and a half long practice. It's like, oh, yeah, but I'm at the locker room an hour before that, maybe an hour and a half if I have to see the trainer. Then. Even if you don't have to go in to get ice or tape afterwards, it's a half hour in the shower. Yep. You probably lifted weights earlier that day. That took an hour more if you wanted to go get treatment before or after that. So when you start to actually add up the time commitment, it, you're what you said earlier is absolutely true. It's a job.
1: Yes. Yeah. You're definitely... In there, yeah. That's kind of like the rhetoric around it, I would say, mm-hmm. as well, is like, yeah, it's an hour and a half practice, but you're in here early doing this, you're in here early so you can warm up, mm-hmm. and then you're staying later so you can be good for the next day. And so um, and then incorporating time for homework. Absolutely. Around all of that.
0: One of the things that is not surprising to people who play sports, but is surprising to people who don't, is that most athletes actually have better grades in season. Yes. Than yeah. out. And there, there is something kind of intangible that happens when you, when your time is that carefully scheduled, where I think for me it was always like, okay, I have to be at practice in an hour, so I'm going to sit down and write this paper right now. Yes. And I'm not going to have Netflix on in the background while I do it because I
1: really need to get it done. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you work more efficiently, you have a better output, you're more successful. A hundred percent. I think um, just being playing sports and being in school has created this level of discipline um, Mm -hmm. that I don't think you can get really anywhere else and I would 100% agree that grades and everything is in check a lot more during your season because Mm -hmm. you have to be. There's not really another option and like you said, like you're going to sit down and do things before practice or before you're away that weekend just to stay ahead and stay on top of things. Absolutely.
0: And I remember, too, you mentioned like going to Portland for the weekend mm-hmm. that we would be on those really long bus rides, like a three hour or a four hour bus ride. And if you stood up in the front and looked back, you would see just this like people either asleep or like with their computers open on yep. their laps <laughs> and like a book sort of like between their knee and the side yep. of the bus, like yeah, write, totally. somebody's writing a paper.
1: Yep. To give back. Yep. Everyone pretty much is, yeah, either doing homework or catching up on some sleep on the bus rides. Yeah.
0: And I remember we'd see people get on the bus with, like, you have your, like, lacrosse backpack on normally and your school backpack on, on like, on the front. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what you're taking with you Mm -hmm. for the weekend. Will you tell me a little bit, too, about, um, in addition to the time management and the physicality of sports, just a little more about the community of the team. We've talked about the community of the athletics department, but... What has that been for you as a component of your experience?
1: Yeah, um, I think just our team culture is something that has been consistent no matter what coach has been around Mm -hmm. because we do have another new head coach for this season. Yes, And um, I think just that main goal, we all are on board with we want to win these conference championships. So we have that in mind. We have the support for each other in mind, the respect. We're not afraid to... um, Not call each other out, but hold each other accountable Mm -hmm. to make sure we're being the best that we can be. And I think the love for each other is also something that it's not always there um, for teams. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can have some sort of kickback from certain people. But I think our team is very unique in the fact that we all care so much about each other that we're willing to put in the hard work. We're willing to maybe say the hard things Mm -hmm. to keep each other on track for where we want to go.
0: And part and, oh, sorry, you no, it's fine.
1: And I just think that's something that has really been rooted into this program for as long as it's been around. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, it's pretty cool to be a part of.
0: Well, I was gonna say too. I think you sort of miss the point of athletics if you think that having a team is having twenty best friends. And but what you do get is people around you who are being really successful, who you can look to and think, I want to work at her level. Yes, right? yeah. I want to lift at her weights. I want to run at her speed. I want to ace classes mm-hmm. in the way that she does. And a big part of that is I try to stay away from too many like sports or like life metaphors. Yeah, <laughs> But one is learning how to be in a group of people and work effectively and respect people who are maybe not like you or who are maybe not your best friend is a huge skill. And I think particularly for young women, I, I, now that I've graduated, I coach high school lacrosse. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I spend a lot of times thinking about for these high school girls is, what are you getting out of this, even if you never play another lacrosse game? Yeah. Right? And it is understanding how to communicate directly with somebody and how to be communicated directly with. Yes. And that's a huge part of sports to me. My, my high school coach used to say, like, she's not yelling at you, she's yelling to you. And to be able to understand that and take that and go out into the world is the kind of lesson in communication that women don't get a lot.
1: Yeah, very much so. And I think uh, just, yeah, being able to like speak up and stand up for yourself as well um, is something that like I've learned, um, especially in the last two years of being here. Um, And I think, yeah, it's something that being in a sport, it really pushes you to do that. Absolutely. And to do it thoughtfully. Yeah. And to think about, is this the right time for me to say this? Mm -hmm.
0: Is this valuable
1: to the people around me? Yeah, it's, it's not just like saying things to say it. It's like finding that purpose. And I think that has definitely come over the years of being on a team.
0: Gabby, we conclude all of our conversations by asking everybody the same four questions. Question number one is, what's the best place on campus?
1: Uh, Best place on campus, um, I would say, is Baker Stadium on game day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What are you reading right now? Um, I am actually reading I Might Regret This by Abby Jacobson. Best place to eat in Tacoma? Best place to eat. Um, I would say Jewel Box Cafe, Rustin Point, um, if you want a really good crepe. Ooh, nice. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Lastly, what makes Puget Sound special? Um, pretty much what I've said the whole time is just that community. Um it's awesome to be on a smaller campus, and everybody kind of supports and looks out for each other. And I feel like that's something that's pretty unique. And I really enjoy it and love it,
0: Gabby Berg, thanks for joining me on the Puget Sound Podcast. Thank
1: you so much for having me.
0: <laughs> Thank you to our guest and to you, the listener. You can follow Puget Sound on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at univ, U-N-I-V, Puget Sound. And we hope you'll join us next time for another episode of P.S., the Puget Sound
1: podcast.